right, there we go. Well, thank you guys. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm really excited to speak. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I always enjoy the, the collab. I enjoy seeing the young people, the older people. Um, it's always a blessing to put together these events. So thank you guys to everyone who helps out, who helps set up, the band, uh, everyone, the youth. I knew you guys are always helping out as well. So thank you guys. Um, it's an awesome privilege to be able to speak. Uh, thank you, Jim. I don't know if you can hear me. He's out there, but he's an awesome leader, an awesome teacher. Uh, so I definitely wouldn't be where I am without him. And uh, my parents are here as well. So thank you, Mom and Dad. I have to give a shout out to my parents. got to love my parents. I'm sure you guys know them. Um, but I'm excited to speak. Um, and so God's been putting on my heart. I've been reading the Bible and, you know, studying. And I've been reading, I've been constantly reading uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, if any of you guys know, that's Jesus' first big preaching. Um, and so I've been reading that over and over again because I really want to study the words of Jesus. And I was asked to speak. I thought, man, this is what I, what I want to speak about. And so the title of my message today is called The Blessed Life. And uh, we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. And we'll be going through different scriptures. So if you have your Bibles, you guys can open that up. Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. And we're going to constantly go through that. And so how many of you guys want to be blessed here? I show of hands. I assume everyone here wants to be blessed, right? And that's, that's you know, we all want to be blessed. We want to be prosperous. We want to be successful. And so it's crazy when you read the Sermon on the Mount, the first thing God, or Christ, Jesus, talks about is what it takes to be blessed. He gives out like a, co a code of conduct or a set of standards, letting you know what it's going to take to live the blessed life. And so I'm going to start off, we'll just go through a few scriptures, and then we'll just kind of discuss them. Uh, but the first scripture I want to read is, uh, so again, Matthew chapter 5. And the first scripture where he first starts speaking is Matthew chapter 5, verses 3. And it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so how many of you guys... You know, you hear blessed are the poor in spirit. That's, that's, I'll be honest with you, that's not a very exciting statement. Does anyone feel like, man, I want to be poor in spirit? Does anyone here want to be poor in spirit? More than likely not. It doesn't sound like something that we would want. But when you really read into it and, and read the details of what Christ meant, Christ meant being willing to empty yourself of worldly wealth to gain spiritual wealth. And so we talked about being poor in our spirit and seeking the heavenly treasures. And I think sometimes, you know, we have to understand that God's called us to his will, not to our will. And I'm sure our will, I mean, how many of you guys here want to be wealthy? You want to be millionaires, right? Everyone here, you guys want to be millionaires? Everyone, I'm sure everyone does, right? But that may not be, I'll be honest, that may not be what God's called us to be. Or that may not be our foundation, our goal in life. Um, God's called us to work, to make a living. He didn't call us to be poor, to be homeless, to not have a roof over our heads, to starve our families. Of course not. But God called us to not put our wealth over his will. And for many of you young adults, I know that's very tough. And I know that firsthand that, you know, these jobs come that offer you a lot of money. Uh, you know, schooling comes and they offer you a schedule that disrupts your church services but I mean, no, you have to make that sacrifice to be here and to be in the will of God. When I first graduated from college, I got the opportunity to work at two big companies, um, making pretty good money. At the time, it was, this was like maybe three or four years ago, they offered me $25 an hour for a job working for a logistics company. But guess what the big uh, clause was? They wanted me to move to the East Coast. And so, of course, um, I knew that that wasn't God's will for my life. I knew that God called me at the time I was doing the Bible study here. I don't remember if we were doing the worship team at the time, but I, we might have been doing the young adult worship team. And I knew God's will was for me to be here in this church 
you know, serving the people and serving him. I was with Valerie at the time, my now wife. Um, I knew my calling wasn't to move to the East Coast. I knew it. And that's because I was poor in spirit. You know, I chose not to live for wealth, but I chose to live for the things of God. And so, you know, a lot of you younger youth, you're going to learn when you get out of high school, there's going to be so many opportunities that are going to come your way that are going to try to take you out of church. Right when you graduate, you're going to get a job and they're going to say, we need you to work Sunday mornings. We need you to work Wednesday nights. We need you to work Friday nights where they have Bible study or youth. But you have to make that stand. And the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Because at the end of the day, earthly wealth is nothing. Our true treasures are in heaven where they will not perish. And we have to get that understanding through our head. But I know it's tough. I mean, how many of you guys know it's tough to give up wealth? Would you guys agree it's tough to give up wealth? It's not easy. And uh, we have to make that sacrifice. And this is what... Jesus spoke about, these are the first things he talked about, and that's how powerful it is. And we're going to scroll down to verse 5. Christ further on talks about, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And other versions say, blessed are the humble. And so we get into detail of that. The meek are those who quietly submit themselves to God, to his word and to his discipline, who follow his directions and comply with his designs and are gentle towards all men. Now, how many know it's hard to be meek? It's hard to be humble. It's hard to be obedient. But these are the things that Christ called us to be. He called us to be meek, to be humble, to be obedient. And when we do these things, he says right there, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the kingdom, for they shall inherit the earth. And let me tell you something. As being someone who's been in the work field, I started working when I was 18. How old do you guys think I am? Does anyone know my age? Go for it. I'm the same age as your sister, so that doesn't count. But yeah, I'm 25, so I'm a little bit older now. So I've been working now for seven years. And let me tell you something that employers like. They like people who are meek. They like people who are obedient, not people who think they know it all. And so these aren't even things that apply just to the word to Christianity. These are things that apply. This is actual general application to life. If you are obedient, uh, you are submissive, you know, you're going to do well at work. You're going to flourish. I'll be honest, I've flourished a lot in what I've done, but it's because I've always been submissive. I've always been obedient. A great example of this is uh, Jim. Jim is a great example of this. He's always been obedient. He's always been submissive. Uh, He's a great person to look up to, and I've seen his obedience, and now that I'm working with him on the platform, I'm seeing it even more. Whatever is asked of him, he does it, and that's what we have to do. And if you look at Jim's life, he's extremely blessed, and it is for the meek, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And I know at times, you know, we could get frustrated, we could get upset. Uh, We may not like the things that our leaders are asking of us, the things that our pastors are asking of us, even the things that our friends are asking of us. Um, You know, it's very, we've been there where they ask us to do something. Hey, can you guys come early and help us pick up the chairs? Hey, guys, can you stick around and help us put the chairs away? Hey, guys, can you do this? Can you do that? And it could be frustrating at times, but if I can encourage you to, in those times to not go and slander people and gossip to people, but to find the right person to talk to about these things. Because blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. The next one I read read is uh, verse 6. And it says, uh, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I want to read that together. Can we all read that together? Verse 6. Here we go. Ready? And blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Have any of you guys been hungry before? Is anyone hungry right now? Yes, we all know what it's like to be hungry. We all know what it's like to thirst. 
How many of you guys were thirsty a couple days ago? It was, what, 112? I must have drank so much water, uh, water than the average day. But this is how we have to be towards righteousness, towards the things of God. We got to hunger and we got to long after these things. I think of myself when I'm hungry and my wife could attest, I get frustrated. You know, have you ever guys heard the term hangry, hungry, hangry, you get a little bit angry because you're hungry. Um, that's a real thing. But I would encourage you guys to be like that for the word of God. You know, it's, it's, you have to long for the presence of God. You have to long to be in his word, to pray, to seek, to fast. And sometimes, you know, it's not easy. And I know I found myself where I don't want to pray. I don't want to read. But one thing I've always kept in my prayer life is I've always prayed for God to give me a hunger for his presence, a hunger for his word, um, a hunger to be with him. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. So you just knock the door, give God a holler and say, God, you know, I'm, I want to be hungry for your word. And the more, have you guys ever ate, you went to hometown buffet and you ate, you ate, and the more you keep eating all this good food, sometimes it feels like you're actually getting more hungrier when you know you shouldn't keep eating. That's, it's the same thing with the word of God. When you're in it constantly, when you're reading, you're praying, you're going to get more and more hungry. You're going to find yourself reading, you know, one scripture to five scriptures to ten scriptures to chapters to multiple chapters to reading chapters and then reading commentary and then praying and going through all these steps because the more you get into it, the more hungry, the more your hunger will grow. And so, again, like I said, Matthew 7, 7, if you don't feel like you're hungry for the righteousness and hunger for the things of God, I would encourage you to ask, and it will be given to you. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst for righteousness. The next scripture I want to read is, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And how many of you guys have, that, have had that friend that's been merciful to you? How many of you guys have ever, I'll be honest, how many of you guys have ever slandered your friend, talked bad about your friend, gossiped? Come on, guys. Everyone here, is, you guys are all been lying to me. I'm, I've met most of you guys who have gossiped to me about your friends, just being honest. But we've all, we've all done those things, you know. But how many are grateful for those friends that have been merciful, that have forgiven us? And you're thankful because, you know, I'll be honest. There's times I haven't been a good friend. There's times when I've said stuff I should. I've sh I spoken out of the, the wrongness of my heart, you know. I've done that before. But I'm blessed because I have had friends who've been merciful and have shown me grace. And the Bible clearly says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I myself have learned to be merciful because there's people that have slandered me. Just playing. No one slandered me. But there are people that have done different stuff to me that's frustrating. Um, and I'm sure we've all been there. But it says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And so what I've learned is when I'm merciful to people, people are merciful to me. Um, I've, I feel like I've, I've had the favor of the pastors, the favor of my leaders, um, because I've been merciful to others, and they're merciful to me. There's been so many things that I've messed up. You guys, I'm sure if you went through all the footage of us doing worship, there are so many things I bombed on. But God's mercy has allowed me to continue to worship. Even this opportunity right here to speak, this is an opportunity, and, and I believe it's God showing his mercy allowing me to speak because I know the stuff I've done, the mistakes I've made, I feel sometimes you don't deserve it, you know. But God's been merciful. But also in turn, I've strived to be merciful to people. The Bible says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And you may say, well, you know what, I can't be merciful. I can't forgive these people. They've done me too wrong. Well, I'm just going to read you the Bible. It says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15, it says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others... 
your father will not forgive your sins. And that's just coming from the Bible. And so I would encourage you, man, to forgive. Let it go. And I always think of the, how people say, you know, there's times when, you know, let's say I've held a grudge against someone and I held a grudge against my brother, for instance. My brother doesn't even know why I'm holding the grudge against him. My brother's out there living his best life. And I'm here upset, which I don't. I love my brother. We have a great relationship. But, and I'm really thankful for him. Thank you, brother, for doing the media. Shout out to our media team, our sound team. We're blessed. But, you know, it's crazy because you can live miserably and frustrated. And you're frustrated with your brother, and he doesn't even know. It's like, if you're frustrated because, you know, he wore my undershirts a couple years ago, he made a big stain in them, and I'm, I'm upset, just playing. If anything, I steal majority of my brother's clothes. Ask him, I have tons of his clothes. But um, yes, so blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And how many of you guys want to obtain mercy? How many of you guys want people to forgive you, to be merciful? Because I already know we, we all make tons and tons of mistakes, and we're going to continue, but the importance of being merciful to others to then uh, go forward and obtain that mercy. In verse 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so, so you know, the importance of purity, the, the Bible says, be holy for I am holy. You know, when I think of, of the people who went into the holies of holies, the tabernacle, they had to purify themselves and purify their heart because the presence of God was so thick that it would kill people. They would go in there, they would actually wear a bell around their foot when they went into the tabernacle because, and they would tie a rope to people's foot because if there was impurities in the heart, they would just die right there on the floor. Um, and so, you know, we want to encounter the presence of God and we want to get deeper into the word of God. We want to come to church and, and feel the presence of God, but how many know when you're not pure in heart, it's really hard to feel the presence of God? How many of you guys have come to church before when there's a bitterness, um, you're upset at someone, and you can't even worship, can't lift your hands, you can't sing, you can't even take into what the pastor's saying because there's impurities in your mind. You may not even be listening to me right now. You may have an impurity in your mind right now, and you're just thinking about whatever's going on in your life. Um, but it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You want to experience God pres God's presence? Then you need to purify your heart. And how do we do that? It says in 1 John 1, 9, but if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all wickedness. So we've got to constantly live that life of repentance. That's what's so awesome about our church. We have an altar call every service. We'll have an altar call right now after this, uh, at the end of this preaching. And you'll be able to repent and, and get back to that clarity because blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And, you know, we want to feel God's presence. We long for his presence. We all know that. Um, but you have to be pure in heart. Verse 9, it says... Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And I want to read that one. Let's all read that one together. Verse 9. Ready? And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You know, how many of you guys have siblings? Siblings who have siblings here? And how many know it's, it's important that you as siblings get along? You know, it's, it's definitely difficult when you and your siblings are upset at each other. Me and my brother and my sister could... could uh, Talk about that for days, you know, when we go on a family trip and we're frustrated with each other in the back row and it's just, it could ruin the whole trip. And that's how it is. We're children of God. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we can potentially destroy the church if we're not at peace with one another. You know, how can um, people work together and flourish if they're upset at each other? You know, I look at the worship team. I, I, we've, we've talked about this several times. If the worship team is not together and there's not a spirit of unity, we're, we're going to fail, you know. 
Um, we always talk about that. And so blessed are the peacemakers. The Bible says in Psalms 133, verses 1 through 2, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is, is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard onto the border of his robe. And so it's as precious as anointing oil. Um, blessed are the peacemakers, man. We have to be peacemakers. We have to be um, in unity at all times, you know. And so I would encourage you, if you got that friend that you're upset with, you probably know who they are. They may be sitting on opposite sides. Some of you are sitting over here, sitting over there because you don't want to be by that person. I get that. I've been there. I've been there as a kid. I've uh, been there as an adult. It's definitely tough. But the Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And uh, the, the last scripture, which is verse 11 of this, it says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and they shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And the last, sorry, the last scripture, here it is. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets that were there before you. And to some of us here, you know, we may feel like, man, people are making fun of me because I lift my hands. People are making fun of me because I read my Bible. People are making fun of me because I go to church. How many of you guys have ever uh, had that before? People make fun of you because you go to church. I don't know if it's the same for youth, but I know with the, uh, for the adults, when I'm at my job, people ask me, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, oh, I'm going to church on Wednesday. What are you doing Thursday? Oh, I'm going to church on Thursday. What are you doing on Friday? Oh, I'm going to church on Friday. What are you doing on Saturday? I'm going to band practice for church on Saturday. What are you doing on Sunday? Oh, I'm going to church on Sunday. And they laugh like, man, all you do is church. But no, like, like that doesn't bother me because I know that though they're making fun of me, though they think it's funny, you know, it's, it's my rewards in heaven. It says, great is your reward in heaven. That's nothing compared to other countries. You go to other countries, they go to church and they'll, they'll kill you for that. And so we have to really understand that we are blessed here in America. Um, and blessed are we, and we just got to keep moving forward. And uh, we have it really good here, guys. And, um, you know, if I could just encourage you to live the blessed life, to be poor in spirit, to be meek, humble, obedient, to hunger and thirst after righteousness, to be merciful, to be pure in heart, and to be a peacemaker. And if you do those things, I can guarantee you, you're going to live a blessed life. Now, life's not going to be easy. Has, our, has my life been easy? No, it is not. Yes, my wife, there's so many things. Um, this year has been just so crazy for me and my wife. But I know that we're blessed. We may not have everything. We may not have all this money. But we're blessed. And we have the peace of God. And I believe all of you guys can experience that. And I would love for you guys to experience that. But these are the rules and the standards that Christ put forward if you want to live the blessed life.